Hi, I'm Namusa. And I'm Adadana. And this is the Africana Podcast. No, I don't know what that words really are. It's okay. We'll make them up. We'll make them up. No one knows what we are saying. But it's right. Hey, listeners. Hello, hello. We are super excited to have drum roll, please. Adidana, that cues your drum roll because you're so good at it. Oh gosh, I don't. Okay, <laughs> I, can you hear it on? <laughs> what yeah, is drum roll? I'm not sure. Hopefully, dun, 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 dun. Um, the one, the only. We have Abba Kidenda on today's episode, who beep, 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 finds beep. it difficult. Actually. <laughs> Thank you for that, for that air horn. So on today's episode, we have Abba Kidenda, who finds it difficult to write a bio because she has such a mixed bag of interests. But we're going to dive into some of those various interests on today's episode. So she's part of a women's education leadership fraternity, which sounds amazing. It's called Zawadi Africa. And through them, uh, she attended a liberal arts school in Michigan for her undergrad, uh, where she majored in finance and then later received an MBA from Strathmore University in 2019. Gang, gang. That's really impressive, Abba. But on the kind of other interest side, she's built a career in marketing and was a brand manager for Coca-Cola in Kenya, but then ultimately pivoted out of the corporate space to focus on a few personal projects, which also included her MBA. But since her MBA, she's co-founded The Dopest, and I'm saying The Dopest because I've been there, not because she told us to say this, <laughs> The Dopest coffee shop in Nairobi called Lava Latte. I mean, she's, right now she's focused on growing it, and hopefully one day it will become a multi-franchise entity. So boss lady today, Abba really loves to tell stories, and through her semi-autobiographical, it's a mouthful, ABBA anxiety cartoons. And what she also does is she writes for various platforms, including sex positivity and educational website for teens. And then when she's not doing kind of all these amazing, amazing things, she also moonlights as a corporate marketing consultant. So we're so delighted to have you on the show. Welcome, ABBA. Say hi to our listeners. Hi, how are y'all doing? She is booked and busy, long story short. Yeah, she's booked and busy. And I'm sure the listeners are yelling that they're great right back at you. (laughs) Booked and busy, but it's COVID time, so it's different now. Yeah. <laughs> so booked and socially, physically distancing. Yes. <laughs> so tell us, tell our listeners and us um, a little bit about you, what you do and why it's important. I'm going to focus on the coffee shop side of what I do. Is that okay? That's perfect. Excellent. Tell so, us about the caffeine goals. Yes, I have a cafe on you know, it, on State House Road in Nairobi, for those who know Nairobi. And we, this was founded in September 2018. And yeah, so I run a coffee shop. That's a coffee shop and a, it's a bar coffee shop and like, you know, an event space as well. And wh- why is it important? Uh, I think it's really important for, to have like spaces where, just spaces where people can come together. It, a big part of like how we, I was raised and our family culture was like to show love around like really good food and to laugh around really good food. So to have an opportunity to be able to like share that in a large scale, just like make really good food, have awesome, really strong cocktails and coffee and like a space for people to work during the day. And, you know, is I think it's just like an important, it's a needed thing to like kind of build cultural spaces like that. So... 
my co-founder and I are both, you know, 30-year-old women. I think it's also really cool to have, you know, two young Black women in Nairobi having kind of the ownership of that kind of space and curating that kind of space. Because a lot of times people usually presume that it's foreign-owned or like a lot more experienced people in the, in the industry and whatnot. So I think it's also just really cool to have that form of representation in leadership in the interior industry with like two Kenyan girls who just wanted to have a cool space where we could hang out and enjoy food and work and, you know, have coffee. So yeah, that's what I do and why I think it's important. Like, Abba, I'm just going to say, I this is a PSA for you getting your, your own skincare line because you do not look 30. Uh, Wait, if you could see my face, my like jaw is on the ground. You're in your 30s. Out of everything, I'm sitting just like, wait, <laughs> let's just circle back 30. <laughs> yeah, you lost me at 30. I was like, wow, she's doing all these amazing things. And obviously representation is important, but 30. Ooh, I want that skincare. Thank you so much. You know, I've been working on my skincare the whole of 2019. So I'm glad it shows, you know, got to take care of the glow so that the stress doesn't show. I'm, I'm going to oh. use that. That's a quotable. Yeah. like the. <laughs> The beauty care routine has a slogan. Do you know? <laughs> Maybe that's going to be the next business that I start. So, why not? Listen, skincare is also a massively lucrative industry. <laughs> I, I was just like, I hope you're going to say lucrative because it's very many things and it's good for the world, but also there's a lot of money in the skincare industry. <laughs> that too. I have the next question, which is what have been your greatest lessons? And this can be anything from the highs or the lows to starting a lava latte? I think the greatest lesson for me was just a lot of things, a lot of projects and whatever ideas seem so much bigger and insurmountable before you've like broken it down and started it. So there's many things which I've wanted to do over time. Even, you know, even the idea of an eatery, there was a time that my brother and I were like, we should have like a taco food truck. And, but just like, it's, you know, when you think of all the complexities of like business, running a business in Kenya and you know how that goes and navigating all of that side. And, you know, so it's, it just seemed really big. And even the people we were, my co-founder and I, even the people we were talking to when we initially wanted additional partners, getting them convinced was difficult. And so we're like, okay, maybe this is cause it's like, you know, the failure rate of restaurants in Kenya, you know, when you look at all these stats and it just like seems so big and scary and dangerous, but literally once we started, just like, we focus, let's focus on one thing. Let's just find a location. And when you're just working on like a tidbit at a time, it, it's it, like you can do, you can pretty much do whatever. If you're just like, look, take it one piece at a time. And there's probably so many other things that, you know, I could, I, I, now I, I'm just like, you know, if I'm interested in that, it's just like, well, let, let me just try it. Not that it'll always work out because also, you know, if you fail, I guess you learn whatever you learn from it. But I think that was a big one for me. But also just the importance of having the right team of people around you, because a lot of the things, you know, that we ended up doing, I, I think we've done some really great work. And even the way we've kind of adjusted and changed changed the way the coffee shop is laid out over time, we've expanded. We expanded like less than a year after we found the space. So just finding like really passionate people who like buy into the idea of what you're trying to do and yeah, just grinding with them. And really that can make it work to do pretty much anything. Yeah. I feel like you just read me for all of the screenplays that I've thought about but never written. <laughs> just start. The worst that could happen is that you just put it aside. You've wasted just a little bit of time and you'd have figured out something else that you need to probably like figure out before you do it again. It's it's a lot of things are just yeah, it's just not that deep. Just start. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Start your screenplay tonight. Send the drafts next week. Whoa, okay. So actually, <laughs> to that point, I don't know if you've watched the half of it on Netflix. The half of it, yeah. So it's, it is a, a teen rom-com, I guess, which I actually watched on Netflix Party with a faithful listener. Hey, Mary, how you doing? And... Okay, so we weren't a fan of the script itself. So maybe this is not the best way to go about doing it. But like representation was on point. We had like all the minorities and all the marginalized groups in in the show or in the movie. So like that check did very well. Um, and acting was good too, but the script was like a little bit eh. But the reason I'm bringing this up is the writer of the script, um, and I believe she directed maybe as well, but she wrote a check for $1,000 uh, payable to the NRA or the National Rifle Association, which for those who don't know, is an organization ostensibly to, I guess, promote or protect gun rights in the United States. But depending on who you ask, they have different views on what that actually actually leads to. But anyhow, so she wrote a check for $1,000 and gave it to her friend and said, if I don't write my first draft in, this, in the next month, send this check. Oh my God. That's horrible. Yeah. Literally hold a gun to your own head and make yourself do it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's also that if you're looking for a strategy of how to get to uh, a certain project, write a thousand dollar check or fire off a transfer wire, <laughs> put it on hold, <laughs> give someone your password and give them the power to send money to an organization you vehemently disagree with in order for you to do what you need to do. I am laughing because there's so many organizations that I can think of. Yeah, that's wild. I don't know if I am cut out for that kind of stress in my life. That is very high pressure. But you know what? You got to find what works. Yeah. I mean, the woman has a movie on Netflix. So at least the first draft did get done in a month. Exactly. Exactly. Precisely. Um, so yeah. I have the next question. So was somebody yeah. saying something? I was I was going to say like I guess the kind of gun that we used for that situation was we you know we we hadn't we you getting a financial you know, getting a loan from the bank at that time was just like impossible because we've not when neither of us are experienced in the industry no one was trying to give us money so it was just like this is the money that we have now and we actually need this money for other things so we're just like this money can only stay in this account for the next six months so if the coffee shop is not opened in the next six months like let's just get done with this. I appreciate that. Also, I was, and I don't believe this, but I was going to, if that was me with the, that NRA check, yeah, I guess it's guns for everybody. Speaking of ammunition and guns, that like directly leads me into the next question, which is around anxiety. Um, <laughs> see how I segue there? Oh uh, I'm getting better at this by the day. Please tell us about the ABBA Anxiety book project. So tell us a little bit more about ABBA Anxiety and then tell us about the book project. So ABBA Anxiety, ABBA Anxiety is a cartoon drawing that I created. It kind of is a representation of how I see myself and certain feelings that I had that I wanted to be able to share. And I don't know, like, I guess what the basic thing for cartoons and comics has always been like, it's always a lot easier to say what you want when you're using like a mask of another character. And I'm very uncomfortable sharing, even like whether it was starting the coffee shop, doing that alone. And it's like you putting your heart out there, even being on this podcast. Can I say I've just literally had to take off my shirt because I was sweating from anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Oh You're my God. God. You're pretty <laughs> awkward black girl. There's incense over here. I should be more relaxed than I am right now. But so there was, 
in the first time I drew it was in 2014. And it was just like a little sketch drawing, like representing. So my biology, I'm, I'm adopted. And my it was my biological father's death anniversary. Sorry, that took like a dark turn. I didn't I didn't think I was going to go all the way to 2014. But I did like a little doodle drawing of like something funny, but like to represent that. And it was kind of like it was on daddy issues, but like talking about you know <laughs> generally basic, aka you know the dating scene in Nairobi. But in 2016, yeah. actually, when I now first started drawing Abanzaiti doodles, I just gotten out of a breakup and I was very irritated and I wanted to like say a lot of things of like kind of the feelings that I was going through and just like the perfect avenue for it. So it's just this like little comic that it talks about what I'm thinking or what I've experienced during the day. And sometimes it's just other thoughts of how I've you know perceived certain things that have happened but you know she just has like she's stressed out she's very high strung she always has like an afro puff and up and bangs and is just like very irritated by mediocrity from men but accepts it in women and just like is trying to relax but is very high strung and is doing her best and that's kind of a summary of me you know so yeah that's our anxiety was born i haven't drawn her much during this covid period though it's been kind of like a creative block period, which, and it will be the best time because there's so many stories happening now. So maybe I'll like hunker down and write a check to the NRA and make myself draw something. And, and what about the book? The book. So I want, I want to publish a collection of comics and it's going to, you know, it's going to cover different topics. So there's going to be like romance and sexuality and like work life and just general stories or whatever. And the target is to publish it by the end of this year. Now, the end of this year is suddenly zooming by, like the year is disappearing. I don't know how it's already June, but I've done like a significant amount of pages and it's just, you know, I want to like just do some like cool design and also have like, bro, I'm also just, a, I'm a Kenyan girl who writes comics. Like it would be really cool to have like a comic book by a Kenyan girl just telling like random millennial stories about this high strung babe who lives in Nairobi. So I'm really excited. I hope I, no, I shouldn't say I hope I do it. I'm supposed to do it. If I don't do it, it's going to be because I've procrastinated or as I'm doing now, I'm overthinking the process a little bit. But yeah, I'm kind of working with my brother. On a, my brother is a creative designer. So he's supposed to work with me on like the layout of the book. So I have everything that I need resource wise and have the stories in my head and a lot of them written down. But I really want to like put it out there and publish. And then it would just be really cool to like, oh, except, you know, my mom's probably going to get to read it now. And that's going to be a little problematic. But I'd like to share it with like my relatives and my friends and stuff. And then Avanzati can travel to the rest of the world. She's already on the Internet, but it would be really cool to have like a hardcover version of her. And I also really like books. So to be able to like have that as my first published book, because I should have more in the future, I hope, would be really dope. Abba, you can take all of my money. Saying that, I want all of your monies. I want yeah, to just take it already. Um, I actually, I don't know if you know this. This is a, like a quick personal tidbit. Uh -huh. um, but I first met you on the internet through Abba Anxiety. No. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. And then later on, I realized that you were Abba Anxiety. But I followed you a long, long time ago. I used to, oh my gosh, no, Musa, I've yeah. just remembered something. And I, I remember thinking, oh, she's describing me, except I'm not a stick figure. And at the time I didn't have an Afro or bangs, <laughs> but everything else was my life. Everyone has a little bit of anxiety in them, but I've just remembered the first time I met you in real life. And that was the period of life where the 
angst of urban anxiety was like reaching its peak of brewing before I started drawing it way more. <laughs> do you do you remember where that was? Yes, it was in the club, a bar. It was okay. okay. Well, now now people know my since performed. <laughs> it was a Sunday, and it was supposed to be for a chilled out brunch, and we were all drunk. Yeah. Right do you remember that? Um, don't <laughs> quote me. <laughs> You can call. No, no, I, I 100% do remember that. And we had such a wonderful time. But yeah, I just, I really resonated a lot with your, with Abba Anxiety, the character. Um, and so yeah. I think the world needs, yeah, I think the world needs to And I think that was a big part. I think there was like so many cool women who, mostly women, but also a lot of men, but like there was a lot of cool women who were like, every time that I'd share something, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, this is literally me right now. So I'm just like, we're all just going through the same shit and it's just nice to see like someone telling this your story and you know you're able to like kind of share in that so I enjoy it a lot awesome so I know that there's yeah there's a lot of themes around heartbreak and anxiety and I did some digging as a part of preparing these questions so I am now an expert sorry my website is down right now also we were like redesigning and then COVID happened so yeah But yeah, every plus one to what Namusa said, everything you have described is the song of my people. So thank you. Taking a different turn, how has being a woman uh, on the internet affected the way you move in real life? When you say a woman on the internet, do you mean like through sharing ab anxiety or just the fact that I have a general internet presence or the fact that there's people who know me from the internet? What do you mean? This is actually Namusa's question. So Namusa, you uh, you clarify. <laughs> Adi, I was going to let you take that one and roll with it. I think like all three of those that you've just asked for, that there's some aspect of kind of like how gender plays out on the internet. So like, what does it feel like? What does it mean to be like a millennial woman on the internet? And do people like recognize you in real life? And like, how do people, how do people respond to content that you're creating on the internet? IRL is that like the genesis or the the crux of the question so I'm not famous enough but (laughs) that's a a damn lie listeners that is a damn lie and we're going to give you the link to have anxiety at the end of this it's been really cool like when there's now like you know there's people who have read up anxiety from like day dot from the beginning and then when they meet me in life in real life and you know they're meeting me through other people especially after lava latte opens so now this is a space where there's a lot of people in nairobi just coming in and from wherever coming in and out and so you know we meet we meet from another platform and they were like wait your abba like your abba abba anxiety abba and i'm like yeah and they're like oh my god i've been reading up anxiety for real but i think the time when it directly affected I think my actual everyday life was when my when Abba anxiety spilled into my work life. And that, that was when I was still in corporate and I'd kind of kept it. I'm, I'm really bad at that, like sharing what you're doing with the people around. So no one at my workplace knew that, you know, they knew, there's, I knew those people who read Abba anxiety, but I don't know why they'd not presumed it was me, first of all, but mostly probably because I've not said anything about it, you know. And then the, I was nominated for Baker Awards for creative writing, I think it was in 2017 or something. And someone, I don't, someone who knew that I was up anxiety, like posted it in some work WhatsApp group. And so people in the office, like my bosses and like people who I really respect and people who I've interacted, because I feel like I also have like, a, you know, my personality of, I'm not, 
you know, the, the way I present at work is very different from the way Urban Anxiety presents on Urban Anxiety. And all those are like a part of my personality and whatever. But I just remember this one time when like, woof, my franchise director was like, what? And let me go read this and what? And I was just like mortified because I was just like, first of all, I've draw- doodled about you over there and you'll be probably be able to recognize yourself because sometimes it's just like a very specific situation. Uh, and I remember like for a while after that, like kind of censoring what I was putting on of anxiety because I was just like, oh my God, now like everyone in my professional life knows this is me and I'm uncomfortable about it. But after a while, like I just didn't care. And I was just like, you know what? It is what it is. Also, if you're committed enough to be reading this all the time, then you clearly like my content. So I'm just going to tell you what I feel. And I think the other thing that it's affected is probably when I'm like in a relationship. Because people always just, you know, when I write anything to do with like romance or any like when, I, when I'm writing anything about men, of course, you know, there was a time there was someone who I specifically dated once was always like, are you, are you like subbing me? Like, are you trying to like is this like a secret message? I mean, I'm just like, no, I tell you how I feel when I feel things. But like, I think that in that area also, like sometimes I'm always like, when I'm out of a relationship is when I'll probably write like way more of my opinions on certain things. Well, at least then, now I just kind of like go with it. But it hasn't, you know, I think I'm I'm trying, I'm just trying to not be as affected by, you know, what people will Cause I'm just sharing authentic versions of myself. So it's okay if someone feels uncomfortable with it and it's okay if someone doesn't like completely, isn't completely receptive because there are people who are. And so I'm trying to like, just allow it, allow myself to feel uncomfortable through it and just, you know, navigate my life in the same way that I would as whether or not, you know, my online presence slash anxiety was a thing. I completely resonate with that. Can I ask, like, <laughs> do you, <laughs> Go for I know it. you guys have had some really open conversations on here before. Like, how do you feel about that and like work things? And oh my god, do any of the people you work with in your professional life listen to the podcast? And if they're not listening to like your boss babe episodes when you're talking about like you know man eating or whatever, like how does that work? <laughs> well, first of all, I there's no man eating happening on this end. First so, of all, I can uh, to the exact episode I'm talking about. <laughs> I have since grown, let the record reflect. <laughs> it's stuck in I, my head. I'm so sorry. I keep referring to it. I, for, yeah, I, there's no mandating on this end, but I will say that when I was hired for the job that I'm in now, I told them that I had a podcast mm-hmm. and I asked them, I was like, is this going to be a problem? And if it is a problem, let me know. And let's have a conversation about how to mitigate or find a solution. And apparently it was actually one of the things that, I don't know if it was gave me a leg up, but it was something that they actually appreciated because for them, it showed that I'm willing to put myself out there Mm. um, and I must have like a clarity of either purpose or articulation around, you know, a variety of topics. So I, and actually it was the head of HR who told me this and they're like, you know, we really appreciated that in your personal life, you can either advocate for yourself or talk about certain issues and that we think that that's a positive thing. So I don't, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. And people do come up sometimes and that's, I remember I was like celebrating new year's Eve this year in Kilifi and someone came up to me and was like, Oh, I really like your stuff. And I'm like my stuff. And I was like, so just like with, I had friends from college visiting. 
I was so out of it. I was just like, what are you talking like, I, like I, the podcast was like the farthest thing from my mind. This is like 11 yeah. PM on New Year's Eve or something. <laughs> so and I was like, my stuff, what do you mean my stuff? Like, what stuff are you talking about? He's like, Oh, your podcast and like your Instagram and stuff. I'm like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> so yeah. I, <laughs> and also helps. Like I haven't really had anyone come up to me and be like, you suck. Like I hate the things that you talk about. So I can, I can stand from a place of privilege and be like, yeah, people are super supportive and I have no problems with it. But if that ever did start that I'm sure it would not feel so great. Namusa, what about you? Especially since you I, have like both of your pictures on your podcast icon. <laughs> I don't mind. Maybe, maybe we maybe we can get Abba anxiety to draw a cartoon. Oh my! I've thought about it. like if I ever do a podcast, I have cartoons on the cover for sure. I was actually going to ask you to draw something for like when we share this on social media. Like if you could draw something for us to like have like be the image of when oh, we share this yeah. online. That's a great idea. Hmm. Yes, I will. That's but like, what my again, drawing time. But Nomusa, what about you? Have you had like? <laughs> As you can tell by my silence, I am. Yeah, it's really. I'm very proud of the work that we do on um, the podcast, and I'm also really proud of the work that I do in off the podcast. But it's uncomfortable. Like, I've had multiple people from work send me a message, and I'm like, "How did you find this?" Like. <laughs> obviously it's connected to my name on the internet but like how did you find this and how did you find this specific episode and why are you now <laughs> quoting me on whatsapp during like a all team meeting you know what I mean? like this boundaries but also because, like, we talk so much about like our personal lives right like our sexy time well my sexy time life is on there and like there's intimate details that are shared about my life that are hilarious and tragic and exciting all at the same time that I don't know, like if HR would definitely not in a professional context, like, is it appropriate to talk about that? So I try and be really good at like dividing the two, but I think so much now vis-a-vis -vis, like what Addie said around like media and people creating media and being their authentic selves, like outside of like in their personal lives really influences how people are viewed in their workplace. And there's really like a blending of those two spheres together. So in summary, it makes me real uncomfortable when people I work with know that I do this, everybody else I'm okay with, but yeah. And then also on a dating front, I definitely have had people, not that I was dating very seriously, but that I went on dates with, they were like, wait, are you using me for content? And I was like, I guess you're gonna have to wait and see. <laughs> no! Well, because the re and then I was like, "Don't flatter you." And then some people are like, "Don't flatter yourself." But like, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's true. I don't think any any of the guys that I've been on dates with in recent memory knew. But the thing is, to be fair, I think Namusa does a better job of promoting the fact that she has a, a podcast to people that she knows. I. I'm like my Ethiopian low keyness and like humility, like really mm -hmm. is strong. So I'll like, I, I still haven't watched the Ted talk we gave three years ago. <laughs> like my dad found it and said, Oh, so who's your friend? You know? And we've talked about that on previous episodes. So I don't actually tell a lot of my friends from college didn't know until I think someone told them and then it came up at reunion and I was like, Oh yeah, there's this thing. So the battle of this is now like four years in almost like it has a college degree of its own. And a lot of people in my life still don't know, or I don't talk about it as much. Yeah, I think that might contribute to the fact that I don't get random WhatsApp messages about like, wait, so what? <laughs> Did you really do or say that? 
obviously like getting, well, we're not using the word arrested. What was it? Apprehended at Jay's is a story that follows me. Um, and a lot of people ask about it. It's yeah, it's, it's fun. Like, I mean, it wasn't fun at the time, but it's a good story. But yeah, it's, I don't know, like I've cried on the episode. I've talked about like insecurities on the episode, but I think with me, I'm also like kind of an open book, even with people that I maybe don't even know as well. And well, the podcast is definitely proof of that. (laughs) And I think, you know, anything I can do to make people feel less alone about what they're going through, or just that we're all kind of in this wild experiment called life together, you know, makes, makes it all makes it all worth it. But also Namusa has kind of an alias. Like I don't have an alias to hide behind. Like it's my full name. (laughs) She at least has like a really cute, like middle name situation that she uses, which like works really well. It's like a Twitter account. Like added on a a shrubber. You know, that's not my middle name, right? No, I did not. Oh, that's right. I actually know your middle name. And that two are not the same. Wow. So you really do have an alias, like for real, for real. And still. Yeah. Namusa is your name Namusa. No, no, no. My government name is Namusa. It's just June is not my government name. Is it's it, the month. I actually month. know. My birthday is June 13th. Shout yeah. out Gemini season. Oh, yeah. You evil people. Anyway, this is not the time. Ooh. Well, well, well. Those are well, fighting well. words. <laughs> well. Ladies. Um, are, you scor- are you a Scorpio? No, I'm not. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. you, uh, rude. <laughs> I am a Scorpio. Thank you very much. Oh my God. Are you? I don't know how I feel about that. A Gemini and a Scorpio. Wow, that's a lot. It makes for incredible content. I like require us. Peak content creators. <laughs> I'm a Cancer. I don't like. Okay. I, internally, I like. I'm a Cancer. Yeah, absolutely. Cancer, not, not really as well. My roommate's a Cancer. I have no problems with Cancers. Cancers are great. Cancers are great. They're very chill. Well, they just I Cancer men. So Cancer men, I have no problems with. I and you are fine. So like, presumably, you represent all Cancer women. But yeah, but I like what you're saying about you know, like just kind of you know wanting to make share you, being comfortable sharing parts of yourselves just, just of yourself just because you want you know you want people to not feel alone in their experiences because I feel strongly towards that. Even in my create you know, whatever I create and share the content I share, it's just that I, I'm now the opposite of an open book when it comes like there's people who I'm super duper open to, I guess, you know, but I'm working on that a lot more now. I'm just, I'm not the, you know, I share a lot of stuff online, but like very little of what's actually going on with me. But you know, so Abanzaiti was like a really good space to kind of, work that muscle and get used to that and not like feel so uncomfortable being vulnerable because you know the discomfort of being able to like just share basic vulnerable stories in like a cartoon also like spills into just other parts of my life where I'm like you know uncomfortable being open and vulnerable with like real in relationships not just romantic relationships but even certain friendships and you know and all of that and like just kind of have forcing myself to do that through my cartoons uh it has definitely like impacted how I now relate with people in my real life and in those spaces where you know just making yourself comfortable with being yourself and sharing yourself and your insecurities and what all else you want to share so yeah amen amen honestly like people know me by now like if you ask me how I'm doing I will tell you so don't (laughs) don't ask that question if I will give you a paragraph on whatsapp it's like well in this essay I will (laughs) like I'm I'm pretty, yeah, I I have no problems with that. 
Namusa has the next question, but before we do that, I just want to say that Namusa, the moment that we just had about me, I knew what your middle name was. I also knew what your Twitter handle was. I knew the two things didn't match. And yet it was just like, oh yeah, that's like our middle name. And I feel like that moment is very comparable to when you read my resume and reviewed it when I was in my job search, knew that I spoke Mandarin. And then when I was speaking it with B on our episode, you're like, wait, you speak Chinese? I'm like, yeah, you reviewed the resume. <laughs> so I just feel like I had a moment similar to you, but like 20 episodes later. It's, it's full circle, really. <laughs> so on the topic of anxieties, because why not, right? Ooh, Here yeah. we are being vulnerable in open books. Why not? Um, have previous, ex- and this is like a slightly more personal question, have previous experiences with anxiety made COVID feel manageable for you? Or are you finding it still quite triggering? That's a really good question. I think it's a little bit of both. I, w- I remember in the beginning being very <laughs> certain, not, you know, like as people were going through the process and everyone was freaking out and I have like some really extroverted friends who are just like losing their minds at home and all of this stuff. And I was just like, mm, my past experiences with depression, anxiety has led me to this point where I have all of the tools and I'm actually not as bothered as people are. <laughs> Like everyone seems to be struggling, but like you know, I'm like, I mean, (laughs) just like finally, there's a purpose for all of this, you know. So in some ways, definitely, it's just like I, I kind of already have I go through the practice of like having to self-soothe a lot. So like when that's necessary, when a global freaking pandemic, like you know, there's like whether you're doing super good, there's all these points where it's just like, oh my god, is this really happening? The world has come to a standstill. What is going on? So I I already have the practice of self soothing, and like during this period, I've been like doing a lot more yoga, and that's because I know like when there's been like peak peak stress times in my life, like exercise is like something that anchors me. So I definitely like I've not I've not spiraled. I feel like as much as I would have or as much as I've seen people some other people who was which I feel very sorry for like struggling through this point but it's also just like you know I would also much rather not have to like deal with like, a lot of anxiety just generally in life just so that you know when there's a global pandemic it's like yay you know I know what to do but in some ways also it's just such an odd experience that it doesn't even matter uh-huh. so when it passed a certain point it was just like Okay, I do go through some periods where I want to stay in the house and not interact for really, really long. So that wasn't affecting me at all. And then it was just like, okay, now I've been in the house for over a month. Like, okay, now there's there's no tools for this anymore. Now it's two months. Now, you know, my business has closed. I'm worried about my staff. And it's just like all these work things. And my older immunocompromised parents who wants to go shopping no matter what, even though the, you know, like the COVID is over. So it's just like... <laughs> Even I'm laughing because I know I, I I really I hear you on that. People need to stay home. My parents are 65, and sometimes they're out of control. And my mom's just like, "But I want to go to House of Leather." I'm like, "To do what?" <laughs> like, I don't know. I haven't been out in so long. I'm just like, "Oh my god, stay in the house." You are like the most compromised of this whole family. But so I think in the beginning, though, definitely like the first couple of weeks, I was definitely I was coasting this probably really well and then you know just being able to like channel this knowing how to channel this knowing how to express them to like 
the people I'm close to, my siblings, whatever, my friends, and just being knowing how I need to talk through my feelings to be able to feel okay about it through this whole thing. But then it passed a certain point where the tools weren't working as well anymore, so I had to start building new ones for coping. So, yeah. But it's been such an just, experience. And Sorry, just on the tools, Abba, yeah. can you yeah. let her tell her or talk a little bit more about how you learn those kind of tools to cope with anxiety to begin with? And then the second part of that is how did you learn the new tools once the, those tools that you were using were no longer servicing you? I think um, just once I, okay, so just through the process of like putting a word to, I, I you know, for many years or even growing up, it was just like my personality was my personality and I can have a high strong personality and there was not a specific word. It wasn't like, you know, Abba is just like sometimes is stressed, easy, not stressed easily because I don't even emote in stress, but like, anxiety wasn't even a term that was being used per se or like you know I'm feeling anxious so being able to express that I just like okay sometimes I collapse when there's certain things that are happening in life and there's sometimes when I can't push through it and I think once there was a label once I was able to get a label on that I've just been very like keen on I've read a lot on it I listen to a lot of podcasts where they discuss like mental health and like deal how to deal with anxiety and all of that and I read a lot of books around that I, 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 do you know Esther Perel? Esther Perel? I do. Uh, yeah, who's yeah. saving marriages and her. friendships and oh roommateships. You turned on your video and it freaked me out because I thought it turned out <laughs> on my video. And as you remember, I told you earlier, <laughs> I stress that led to me checking my clothes off. And I was just like, oh God, how does this happen? <laughs> Can you see? No, I cannot see you, but sorry that you could see me. I'm in a toque and it's, yeah, I'm... Anyways, this is not about me. Sorry. Please keep talking about your anxieties. <laughs> so I've like, I listened to like, I've been listening to like, you know, where should we begin? And just like learning how to like navigate how your emotions go and whatnot. And just a lot of content on that. But then also eventually when like all of it got, you know, I started going to therapy also like a, a year, a year and a half ago. Helpful. Therapy is like the best. It's, my fave it's the worst but then it becomes the best and yeah every single time I'm always trying to skip but you know but you know there was where I think I learned like specific specific tools of how to kind of you know when I'm feeling like this this is kind of what I can do to get myself off the cliff and then self-soothe you know to calm down better so I think it was just you know a mixture of like therapy and talking through things just take reading a lot and listening a lot to different ways of being able to handle anxiety, creating and being able to share that both publicly and with people I'm closer to, but also just doing things that I think over time, like when I was like in a super high stress job, there was a time when, you know, I used to exercise kind of manically, but then realizing that, you know, in a certain level when I'm not overdoing it because I'm losing my mind, it's really helpful for me. And also just kind of not getting myself in spaces where I feel like I'm holding on to my sanity for dear life. I think it was also important for me to get to a point in life where it's not just, it's not that deep to be able to, whether it's a relationship that's triggering me in that way or a job or whatever, I kind of like work on removing myself from those situations sooner than I used to. Before I was always just like power through, power through, power through, because, you know, I was good at powering through. But I guess for now, you know, like, and those, the you know, kind of doing those same processes through this period, this period was helpful, but I started to, I started to have a lot of trouble sleeping, which has never been my thing. Actually, that's one of the things that I do when I'm feeling stressed out or really anxious is 
I can always count on like being unconscious. And there's something about this, like, <laughs> I don't know, what is time? What is the day? I'm woken up at what Lord knows what odd hour that now <laughs> so difficult. And like that was triggering my anxiety and then it was like turning into this whole thing. So I started to I've always I have a mixed relationship with like woo-woo things, but I was just like, okay, you know what? All of your <laughs> clear, direct things are not working right now. So I started like doing a lot of breathing exercises and meditating and it made a huge difference. And I don't know if I fully understand like maybe the science behind it all or whatever, but now I kind of have it as, you know, I try and meditate every day, preferably before going to sleep and just like, trying to adjust my relationship with my screen time because also I had laser eye surgery like in the beginning of quarantine which <laughs> Ava, sorry I have to stop you for a second <laughs> I have never met anybody who decided that at the beginning of a global pandemic was the appropriate time Listen, to get laser I eye surgery and how my panic manifests itself because when I heard that the corona is now affecting the black people and might be coming to the continent my first thing was, oh my God, what if everything shuts down? I don't have access to contact lenses and I break my glasses. And I'm, I was virtually blind without my glasses. I was like, I don't know if you, negative seven on my, I, I don't, do you wear glasses? I do not wear glasses. Nibus is one of the blessed people who can wake up, wake up and see. I'm living like these God's children who've just been seeing all their lives, man. I know. Okay, so you're inspiring me, but we're going to take that conversation offline. But yes, minus seven, for those who don't know, that is quite, that's quite strong. Yeah, so. Like, you know, when I wake up, I have to wear glasses. Right? So literally, when COVID came, I immediately, and I've been planning to do this for like five years. And for some reason, a global pandemic, the first case came in Kenya and I booked an appointment for the next week and got my laser eye surgery. But like being kind of blind for and not being able to look at screens for long periods slash at all for the first two weeks was really helpful because like now when we're at home all the time, all, you know, two weeks. Yeah, because I didn't do LASIK. My My power was too high for LASIK. So they did another one. It's a different one. Like you can see, but like when you stare at screens for long, the, like the light is too much. So especially your laptop, which was great. I finally got, you know, I, didn't, I couldn't do my work for two weeks, which was excellent. But I think that was also really helpful. Just like adjusting how, when I wake up, I literally go on, I think, I don't know if it's Instagram. I look at my phone immediately and I don't even know what I'm looking at. And then I look at it for like the first very many hours of the day. So, and that time was when, I, you know, especially in Kenya, now that we're in Nairobi, there was like these news updates every single day by the Ministry of Health. For, and now we have 20 more cases. And now like horrible things, horrible. People are dying. So like just the fact that I didn't have a chance to be able to consume all that kind of like adjusted how I was consuming COVID news that has kind of continued even past me getting my sight. Because that, that was like really like making me super panicky. I was always like waiting for the news update of the day. And I know it's a privilege to be able to be like, okay, I'm not going to look at the news today because it's stressing me out. But it's also just like, to some extent, it's like, okay, what is it helping? I'm not learning anything else. That's, if it wasn't like, if it's not like new information, I know the Americans are acting crazy. I know we are acting crazy over here. 
The South Africans seem to have it down, so good job, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> and this is from, I'm speaking on behalf of South Africans everywhere. Hello from Johannesburg, reporting live. We're doing great. We're, we've, they've announced we're going into level three, and we will have at-home delivery of wine. So you're welcome. Everybody else, stay in order. I think it's really responsible that you guys cancel delivery of alcohol, because I don't know how people are supposed to survive this without alcohol. Yeah, but like... I, yeah, so I think that's the news, my relationship with consuming news. And now when I go back my eyes, I'm just like, you know what? I'm only looking at memes and like funny stuff. Can I swear? I was going to say shit. Sorry, but okay. You can, oh, you can, you can say way worse. Yeah. Okay, this is a I've held it back a lot. Oh, thank God. Okay, I won't like swear a lot just in case this ends up like, okay. Yeah. Then I'll get stressed. Don't worry. My, my work <laughs> colleagues are going to find it anyways. <laughs> It's like this cycle. But yeah, so just, yeah, my relationship with my news consumption on screens, I'm not watching any news anymore. It has to find me on a snapshot on Instagram now, unless there's something huge that's changing. If they're not opening the airports and if the economy is still doing what it's doing, you know what? I don't really need to know much more at this time. I should just keep my ass at home and wash my hands and try and get my parents to stay home is pretty much what I'm trying to do right now. I think that's really responsible. Amen. Amen. One one of the reasons I wanted to ask you that question is because I have also felt similarly at peace (laughs) this whole time. (laughs) So I'm like, I wonder if this is uh, a phenomenon or is it, is it just me where I'm like, everything's fine (laughs) because the world is always on fire. So, you know. Listen, people are so surprised that it's completely chaotic and the world is, and I'm just like, do you mean you guys were just like living relaxed, peaceful lives before? Because the world has always been chaos. Why are you not aware? Why are you not aware that you're not in control? Why are you not aware that we're going to all just drop down dead right now? Because I was totally aware, but you know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad that even though, yes, it is unfortunate that like the backstory means you're prepared and the backstory can be quite painful and overwhelming at times. I'm glad that at least... Barring, of course, like being worried about your business and everything else that you've built, like there's a, there was a sense of calm there. And I was having another conversation with a friend recently who was like, you know, for folks who have been in therapy the last few years or doing the work, which means that term means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But this moment, it's not to say that it's not tough, but it is yet just another step of a journey of life. It's like, okay, and now you handle this. But who? When I tell you my steps are ordered, because if this pandemic happened this time last year, <laughs> ooh, we would not be, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be recording this episode right now. Are you having any therapy? Nabusa, you want to answer that question first? Yeah, I had therapy this morning. Oh, I, I am like it. such a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my therapist, she is incredible. She's in Nairobi. So we have started to do, I know, when I'm in Nairobi, I see her in person, but right now I'm in Johannesburg. So yeah, I, we do it virtually. And it's been really, 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 really helpful. Mm. I've considered, I've not tried the virtual therapy actually during this period at all, but I started thinking about it more in the past like week, two weeks, where it's just like, you know what, it would be good to just kind of have a person to check in to make sure that as I'm super proud of myself for handling things, I'm not low-key losing it, I'm not aware. I even like that, but it's like, oh, I'm super good, but it's just like, or am I not good? And I don't know I'm not good because I'm usually not. (laughs) It's just like, I, yeah, I think that's a really valid like question to ask yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I okay? Am I really okay? So to answer your question, I have not done virtual therapy or therapy of any kind since this started. 
I have not felt a need to do that. I'm really enjoying how I'm spending my time and how I'm taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And so if that, for whatever reason that changes, I'll reach out. So my therapist is somebody who was in Nairobi and we started with in-person meetings and then she moved back to her native country. So the last few sessions we did were actually virtual. So I am used to, if that is something that I choose, if that's something that I realize would be helpful to me in this moment, and I do decide to reach out to her and ask for an appointment, it would be virtual. And we've done that before. So I'm not too concerned about switching to that format. But yeah, if I hope, I just wish, I wish this was like a resource that everybody could find. And it was just like easy and free and free. plentiful. But alas, that's not where we are. I like to give like the first three therapy sessions as a gift to my friends sometimes. If you if I think you need it and it's either, you know, you can't prioritize it right now, whether it's for financial reasons or you less keep pro- procrastinating. But if I if I've already, if I've prepaid for it, you at least have to go talk to her for a little bit. But it can sometimes come across as judgy, but it's you know, it's just like you need to talk to a professional now. Here it is. <laughs> you know what? I've seen how beneficial it was for me and I'd love for I have actually that. I have actually offered the same, well, not exactly the same, but I have offered to pay for a couple of friends's, a couple of friends's first, I don't know if that's proper English, but a couple of friends's first uh, therapy session. But you have inspired me to up that because I realize that one may not be enough. And yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to, they know, they know better than to like quit at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and since you're both in the spirit of giving, you can both feel free to pay for my upcoming three. <laughs> feel free. I'm not paying for anyone's therapy during the COVID season, bruh. <laughs> like, I'm going anyways. If, if you want to bet on somebody who is going to champion therapy. Um, an early therapy. adopter, if you will. An early adopter and, and a long laster. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. Lisa, I will. Uh, I will. I will think about it. I will think about it. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't really need the money. But if you're if you're in a giving spirit, yeah. No, we we know Namusa. You have you have you've you have offered. <laughs> you've told us. We got it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I have I have the last question. And so Abba, this is very, very, very serious. Why do you detest caterpillars? Oh my gosh, how did I forget what <laughs> caterpillars are disgusting. Why would you have to even ask that? Do you love caterpillars? Do you not detest caterpillars? Like, oh my god, I hate caterpillars so much and I've hated them since I was like really little. And when I went to university in America, I was just like, okay. No, I went to a white school. I'm just like white people just like playing with caterpillars. What is going on? <laughs> Can you put that on a t-shirt? White white people like playing with caterpillars. I was, I was always just like, is this a thing? Like, your you, your parents let you touch caterpillars? Like, what is going on here? Because first of all, I was raised with the fear of God for caterpillars. Like, because they give you like African ones, maybe or Kenyan ones. I don't even know if it's African ones. But when they walk on your body, it leaves like this rash on you. So I was just like. They're disgusting. They give you a skin rash. I don't like how they move. And then have you ever seen when there's like lots of them on the ground together? It looks like an army of demons just like, oh, squirting on my <laughs> That is the blackest. Yeah. Whew, that, is a, that is a very common experience. 
I think across like black and African communities. <laughs> Bruh, yeah, I, I really, really do not like caterpillars. White people play with caterpillars, it's a mess. White people and young Adadana. Just, I will. Okay, is it Americans? Maybe I, I, maybe I link it to white people because my I was like the one of like two and a half black people in my liberal arts college. So I don't, I, I just presume it's white people, but it could also just be Americans because Ameri- children in America are raised very free. I don't think I would have been allowed to play with caterpillars as a child, first of all, because they're really gross. And I remember this time where we were up country, shags. I don't know if you know about like how we always have like a village house <laughs> as part of our culture here. And I was walking to my grandma's place from like my dad's place. And then I noticed one caterpillar and I was like, oh, that's disgusting. This is like last year, not a long time. And then suddenly I look on the ground and realize that there's like 15 of them. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I was screaming and running and it, I was so loud. And my the difference between like where we where our family's home is and like my grandmother's home it's like, it's like, Akilomisa separate. Like it's it's far enough. It's close but far enough. Like they could hear me from the breakfast table that I was screaming for my life. I could in my it looked like they were just like marching forward, and then I could I couldn't see if there was more. And I'm like, are they falling from the tree? I hate caterpillars, man. And I don't approve my if I ever have kids, which is that's for another topic. If yeah, there was, is that another episode? Is that our fertility episode? <laughs> <laughs> like, I got things to talk about fertility related to, so you can come back. A fertility episode would be great, but yeah, no. I didn't know. Why were you playing with caterpillars, man? Uh-uh. I don't know. It was just like a thing you did. I, I, well, no, okay. Let me ask you, that's a little bit broad and a reach. It was just a thing that people did on the playground. Like, they were caterpillars, and they were fuzzy and cute. Fuzzy? Okay, that is... Adirana, that is very white. I'm sorry. I do not understand what you mean. Okay, can we not do this about race? All right. This is, uh, we all contain multitudes. Yeah. This is true. You're not a a representation of all of the Ethiopians. Nobusa is not a representation of all of the South Africans. And I'm not a representation. Yes, I am, especially when we're doing great things vis-a-vis COVID. In my childhood, I'd literally, like the first time, and I'm saying, like, I think in my head, why I was tying it to that is just because, like, the first person I ever saw do it was in my university, whatever. But, like, I was just like, you touch those things. They're disgusting. Anyway. That's great. Yeah. So is it safe to say that your $1,000 check will be made out to the Caterpillar Lovers Association of Kenya? See, I don't mind other people loving caterpillars, just not in my space. Okay, so who, for that $1,000 check to, like, get you going on getting back to anxiety and the various other projects you have in mind, who is that $1,000 either going to or not going to? Who are we writing? Who are you writing the check to? To the governor of Nairobi? I don't even know. Stop this. That's more Hennessy for me, baby. I'll take that. (laughs) More Hennessy and more COVID. Oh, Mm. my goodness. Uh, uh, Yeah. Noted. Noted. Uh, so, Eddie, who's who's your one thousand check going into? Just before we go by force or by fire. Ooh, this is a good question. I, well, this is a good question. That sounds very self-serving. Like I just asked it, and now I'm like, oh, that's a fantastic question. You know, there's obviously many people that I disagree with. I don't know if I can pick one <laughs> that's gonna, you know. Oh, okay. 
I mean, I think the NRA is, you know, I think that was a good shout. <laughs> I don't know. Does like the KKK take checks? Like, I'm not sure. Oh, like, do you donate? Dream. Whoa, Addie. Addie. Like, I think they only take Bitcoin. God, yeah. The <laughs> yeah, we've we've officially reached this this the part of the podcast where we're in the dark web. You've arrived, Abba Anxiety. You've arrived. <laughs> I don't know, Namusa. Who's your 1,000 going to or not going to? Well, I hadn't thought about the KKK, but you've like now raised the bar on like yeah, if it's the KKK, how terrible I don't know. people. I don't know. Just think of like the people that I don't know. Just don't agree with your humanity, and just start from there and go down. There's a long list. <laughs> I have many, so. Yeah, the KKK would be at the top. The Republican Party would also be in there. But like, yeah, I think the NRA would definitely be above the Republican Party. Anybody who's, who's anti-Planned Parenthood would also be in there. Anyone you know, and, the gamut. Also pro-life movement. I consider that for a second. Yeah, but Namisa, who are your... Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back a second. Abba, please repeat what you just said and explain it. Oh, now I realize what that sounded like. I was saying I considered giving my check to them, but also now that you'd mentioned it, I did march in the pro-life march. I Listen, I immersed myself in all of the cultures that I'm in. The reason why I didn't even mention the university I went to is because it's literally the leading conservative university in America, and I'm disgusted to be associated with them. But I opened my mind to whatever they believed in, and then after a while I was like, this is total bullshit, and rejected it all, but I did march in pro-life in the snow, in the wintertime, oh, my wow. own money. I to I'm mad in the head. I'm so sorry to It's okay. You've, we've, we've come a long way. It takes growth. It takes all kinds. As Jesus, um, as Jesus would say. Now, now you can write a real check to Planned Parenthood. <laughs> not, a fake, not a fake NRA one. As, as, Jesus, as Jesus would say, got to hear both sides. But Namuso, <laughs> what are your non-American slash what are your Canadian versions of those organizations? I haven't lived in Canada and hold on, let me read. I don't know. There's like, I feel like there's a lot of incel groups that are really peaking right now, but I don't know if they take direct donations. Like maybe it's Bitcoin. Doja I don't know. Tell you about which one you should look into. <laughs> wow. Well played, quite topical. You know, Doja Cat's half South African. Oh my God. Is this, she does look kind of, she looks like what's that babe called? Yeah, her father's a black South African musician, musician. So it doesn't make sense to me as to why she's on these incel group chats, but that's for another episode. Addie, do you, can, do you want to get us into By she, Force or By Fire? She, she sent an apology. She finally, she wrote something. I don't know, guys, there's just so much going on this year. I'm like, okay, like this weekend in particular, it was like, okay, so Doja Cat was talking to incels and like white supremacists or like something of the like white press supremacist adjacent. Hillary Duff was accused of like trafficking her own child. I'm like, guys, Stop. Time out. Time out. This is too much. Turn off Twitter. Yeah. So long story short, I don't know. She was showing that she was decorating her house and she was like putting photos up. And there was a photo of her child in the pile of photos that she took a photo of. I don't actually know all the details beyond that point, but like between that and like another photo that was in the, in the loop, someone made a theory about the two photos together and said that she was into child trafficking and then that became it was a whole thread on twitter i'm like all right it's time for me to go to bed this is 
the world, like, and then, you know, with coronavirus and everything else, I'm like, okay, guys, time out. Let me just watch Beanie Man and, and Bounty Killer. <laughs> just watch the video. It's all on YouTube. You don't have to. I'm going to. I'm like preparing myself with all of my beverage and everything. And I'm yeah, going yeah. To, I was supposed to have, I'm, I'm having a party midweek sometime this week. All right. I wholeheartedly recommend it. All the verses lineups have been fantastic. I watched Erica Badu and Jill Scott while I was twisting my hair on a Sunday. I felt like the blackest, the blackest black woman Sunday ever. I love it. I hope you'd greased your skull. Oh, like thoroughly. All the butter. All the butter. Zero ass. There was none. Not a, not a fleck, if that is the singular version of ash to be found. Um, and a friend of mine, we were on Zoom watching it together, and she was also twisting her hair, so it felt very empowering. Uh, but yeah, for those people on our side of the world who can't stay up late or don't want to stay up late, but really want to keep up with everything, just it's all on YouTube, so go forth and live your best life. The time has come for... See, actually, after Bounty Killer and Beanie Man, like that sound has gotten much better in the last 24 hours. Body roll, body roll, body roll. Hey. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is our By Force or By, fi- by Fire segment, aptly named by Namusa June herself, not to be confused by Namusa government name. And effectively, these are. Thank you, Thank you for not saying my government name because I know no people are going to look for it. Oh, girl, respect. Oh, Dude, boundaries. I'm not, I'm not, I'm true to this, not new to this. Okay. If Adidana November was an acceptable option and didn't sound like a porn name, I probably would have gone with that, but alas. So, by force or by fire segment, we have six questions for you. It's a quick either or. Say what you feel. Don't think about it too much. If you want to expound on an answer, please do so. We may ask you to expound depending on what your answer is. And hopefully you pick the right ones and we're aligned. Okay, so I will start. (laughs) So the quintessential Nairobi dining experience question, considering you yourself are in the F&B sector. That's food and beverage, Mm -hmm. food and beverage if you're nasty. Still or sparkling? Still. Yes! Tastes like like battery and Sprite. Ooh. That's okay. You better watch. You better watch your mouth, Abba. <laughs> okay, but if you put like a lemon slice and ice cubes, then it's manageable. I no, come on. I don't. Still water. That can you drink lukewarm still water? That sparkling water? No, those are sociopaths. We've already discussed this. Like there's a there's a a, a Myers Briggs test that we've come up with. If you're drinking lukewarm <laughs> lukewarm sparkling water, you're likely to end up with a documentary on Netflix. You're right. I think True. Fair, fair evaluation. Yeah. Namusa? Um, tea or coffee? Tea. Yes. I'm drinking some. Right. Okay, you're Kenyan. It's fine. <laughs> we export Biscuits the best or- coffee. I don't have any. So, wow. Womp womp. Sorry. I didn't have a latte. Pull up. I was going to say, I'm Ethiopian. Can't relate. Uh, Biscuits? <laughs> <laughs> biscuits or croissants what's a biscuit like an american biscuit or like a, a biscuit in kenya what's a biscuit like a scone whatever a scone you, whatever you think of when you think of biscuit i don't even know why i'm clarifying because croissants over everything it doesn't even matter what you'd ask us the other thing. yes we are three for three <laughs> wait does Oh, when you say yes, does it mean that that's what you presumed I'd say or that's what you'd select? Okay. That's what I would select, which means we're best friends. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Namusta? 
Abba, there's three more questions for you to come back to my side. So <laughs> think wisely. Okay. Tell I us what you act. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel. Do not listen to the bell web. Um, You're safe here. <laughs> Sending bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, running or walking? Walking. Yes. Abba. Well, how can it be running? Oh my god, that what would you what? Don't you don't I follow you on the internet and I don't mean, you post like photos of you exercising? Walk. Listen, but like Namusa, we should respect our guests when she makes her claims. Okay, I believe your truth. You're safe here. No, always. I'd rather walk for multiple hours than run, but sometimes I run. Okay, but we're not. I like, okay. we're, not we're not talking about sometimes. Let's stay. Let's stay where where we were. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. I actually think I might know the answer to this one. And I don't think we are aligned. So Namusa, your time may come. Bungee jump or skydive? Bun- oh. Bungee jump only because I've done it, but I would never want to do it again. And sky jump just seems worse than a bungee jump. Wait, no. I think a bungee jump feels worse. I'd say, oh my God. This is awful. They're both terrible. And now we're aligned, Abba. I think I'd say sky jump just because there's someone literally behind my back. And bungee jumping felt like I was dying and I'd chosen to die, but I wasn't really trying to commit suicide. And it was just like the worst mix of feelings. It was great. I'd recommend it. I'd never do it again. So I'll say sky jump. So we're actually aligned then. I thought you were going to go with bungee jump because you've done that before. Yeah, I, I could see how you'd think that. But because I've done it before, I know I would never want to do it again. Fair. Okay. So I'm actually with you because to me, skydiving feels like the safer, not safe activity. Yeah. There's someone holding you. There's a parachute. Bungee jumping, it's literally around your ankles and you don't feel it feel it until that like whiplash snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, before then, it's just people. That's, oh, it's awful. that's the moment that I, uh-uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> Where where did you do bungee jumping? In South Africa. Hey. And another point for South Africa. <laughs> it's it's the tallest, it's it's the highest bridge bungee in the world, right? No Musa. Uh sure. I would have to ask South African tourism, but maybe they could sponsor us and yeah, but let's go with sure. Oh, sponsored by South African tourism. <laughs> you you will you will never see me on either a bungee jump or skydive. Uh, so you yeah. that's what I would that's what I would send my thousand dollars to to the international <laughs> skydive committee of the universe <laughs> yes so you wouldn't do either uh me I Namusa no. wouldn't yeah, do you Namusa June you would not oh do either. no I've I've evaded death way too many times to risk it <laughs> no no never again childbirth is going to be hard enough I know the stats oh god oh I think childbirth is definitely like worse stats wise and scarier wise than all this. My womb just like I'm clenched in fear. I'm also not pregnant for the record. <laughs> I was just like, I'm sorry. Do you realize everyone's going to presume you're about to have a baby? <laughs> Next up on the podcast. Plot <laughs> twist. Corona baby. Season two. <laughs> Brought to you by. Okay, I have Baby June <laughs> joins the podcast. Baby June. Oh, that's a really good Baby June one. is in the chat. Um, oh, June is a great first name. It is. Yeah. I think that was my great grandmother's name. Oh. I should look that up. Okay, last forcer by fire. Pencil or pen? Pen. Okay. That works. I'm ambivalent. So five out of yeah. six is fine with me. Okay. 
Abba, thank you so, 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 so much for coming on the podcast. This was such a wonderful episode and a joy to record and a joy to talk to you. And thank you for being vulnerable with us and our listeners. How can people on the internet find you or find your work? First of all, thank you so much for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. And even though I was like a bit stressed out about it. <laughs> are you still, are you still, naked? Are you still sweating? I'm 100% naked, <laughs> but I'm not sweating right now. I just didn't want to wear my shirt again because, you know, it would probably make a noise in the microphone. But you can find me on Instagram at Abba Arunga, one A in between the Abba and Arunga, and on Twitter at Abba Kidenda. So Abba Runga, Abba Kidenda. But also if you just like search Abba Nairobi, it'll probably come up. I don't think there's many Abbas who are female here. Yeah. And Abba Anxiety? Oh my God. And Abba Anxiety on Instagram and AbbaAnxiety.com will be like relaunched again soon. Uh, but you can find Abba Anxiety on Instagram and you can also find my obese cat Pepper on Instagram. He's great. He has yes. a lot of advice for all millennial women everywhere. So that's where, that's where I'm at. Also your team cat Thanks versus so. team, team dog. Is that fair to say? I'll stop it right now, Adidana. We have to end this episode. Day. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? I couldn't hear you over Namusa's protests. What was that? Hmm? Uh, I thought you couldn't see me <laughs> too soon. Glasses, Mark? No. Uh, I'm sorry. It's all love. Sorry, oh. I take it back. That's I'm that's oh, being that's, ableist. I'm sorry. I take it back. Contacts, I'm neither. For for the fertility. I episode. heard Team Cat. That's what I heard. So we're Team Cat is and on and I'm so glad my cat was quiet this whole time because it's been literally next to me. It's a good cat. I would that would have been cool. Special guest. NBD. I mean Papa, do you have anything to tell the people? Nah, he just looks away. <laughs> <laughs> no you're working. My cat No you're working. <laughs> All good. <laughs> and and mimicking Peppa. Is it Peppa? Like, is it Peppa Pig? No, like Pepper the Spice. Pepper. Okay, got you. And mimicking Pepper's silence. I think that's a good place to leave this. Thank you so much, Abba. We'll talk to all the listeners soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.